welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. This is episode 201, in which we talk about Only Mama Knows by Paul McCartney. This track was released June 4th, 2007 on the album uh, Memory Almost Full. And a live version from the Amoeba Music Concert was released on the CD single of Ever Present Past on May 15th, 2007. So about three weeks prior to the album coming out. Um, For the most part, Memory Almost Full is a McCartney solo album in every sense of the term. He's doing all the instruments, um, you know, and the song arrangements and all that. But uh, there are five songs, including Only Mama Knows, that feature his touring band on the record. And um, you can tell the difference between the touring band songs and and just the solo McCartney songs, but none of them are bad. Um in terms of track order, this is the first track to feature other musicians, if you're listening to the album all the way through. And it's got Paul on bass, Mellotron, and vocals, Rusty Anderson on guitar, Abe Laboriel on Jr. on uh, drums, Paul Wickens on keyboards, and Brian Ray on guitar as well. And all of the musicians contribute backing vocals, although it's um, McCartney's backing vocals, I think, are a little bit more forward in the mix, but they're all credited as background singers. This is one of a couple songs on this album that really feel like a classic McCartney Wings track. This feels like mid-70s um, Helen Wheels or Junior's Farm or something along those lines of like just a good Wings rocker. Uh, and I'd stack it up against songs like that or Rock Show from Venus and Mars. And actually this where rock show is preceded by a separate song, Venus and Mars. It's very soft and quiet and then builds into this rock song. Uh, Only mama knows the intro to the song serves that same purpose, even though it's not a separate song um, like rock show and Venus and Mars is track opens with a gentle string introduction. Presumably this is Paul's Mellotron. Um, You've heard the Mellotron before. It provided the flutes for Strawberry Fields. The Beatles used it a lot. They get credited for it a lot. Um, like if you're going to make an album or a song that is supposed to sound like a Beatles song, the person will always put a Mellotron on the mix. Um, but they didn't use it in every track. There are other songs by other bands that are just as famous uh, with the Mellotron. But It is here, and I believe that is what's providing this um, string section at the beginning. And then um, the band comes in with this great riff, and it's full rock until the strings come back as the outro. So this little string intro does reappear at the end, but it is um, really that's it. Uh, In general, as I am wont to say, this is a track that demands full volume. The entire band is locked in for this track, and it, and it and they really played well, and Paul's voice is in fine form. It is affected with some studio effects, but not in a way that I think um, is to cover up a weak performance. I think it just fits. You know, they, they were going for a sound. This It fits. It, it's no different than, you know, when they would run their vocals through a Leslie speaker in the 60s. This is just a uh, a cool effect for this track. And, in fact, he was nominated for Best Solo Rock Vocal Performance at the 2008 Grammys for Only Mama Knows. Um, The lyrics are a bit cryptic. I can't really make a coherent story of them, um, but that doesn't really matter because they all sound cool 
it's one of those tunes that the words sound like they mean something. So they do. And like, you know, he seems to be talking about mama in the maternal sense, but we, we know through throughout 30 years of recorded history that when he refers to mama, usually it was about Linda, you know, historically, um, any song that references mama, he's actually talking to Linda, um, much like John used mother a lot for Yoko. So who knows? But, you know, you've got um, lyrics. I'm passing through. I'm on my way on the road. No ETA. I'm passing through no fixed abode. And that is why I need to try to hold on. No fixed abode. That's a cool line. Uh, was it planned as a one night standard? Is she leaving in, in disgrace? Well, I never will I ever see my father's face. So see, the reference to a father makes you think that this mama is, in fact, a mother thing. But there's not. it's not a whole lot. It's definitely not autobiographical. Um, but like I said, it doesn't matter. It's um, it's one of those lyrics that drives the song forward without getting in the way. And while they may not have deep meaning, they feel more thought out than some other Maca lyrics that we've talked about on this podcast previously. You know, this doesn't feel like he just sat down and scribbled in some things to, you know, to hold the place of the melody and then never went back to clean it up. These feel like thought out lyrics. They're just, you know, the meaning of them is is inside Paul's brain. Oh, there's one lyric in particular that I really love, and it's not because it's a great line uh, on its own, but the way it flows when he sings it is really cool. It's the, in the chorus when he sings, what she ran from, though I always wondered, I never knew. Such a clumsy, it's, it's clumsy to say in speaking like I just did, but it's uh it's a cool way the way he phrases it. It's almost too many words for the space of the lyric, but he just effortlessly dances around this phrase. What she ran from, though, I always wondered, I never knew. Um, it almost has a Lennon vibe like uh, this is or that is you can't, you know, tune in, but it's all right. Very conversational lyric, even if the line is of little consequence. But I like when songwriters can put like commas in their verse, you know, little asides. And most most songwriters don't do that, but the best of them. Um, do. The song's verse mostly hovers around an E minor chord. In fact, the opening riff is literally just an E minor pentatonic scale. Um, this is an E minor pentatonic scale. This is the opening riff. So he adds a little embellishment at the top there. But if, you know, that's still part of the scale. So it's just an E minor pentatonics uh, riff, but it's cool. And you've got the bass and like five loud electric guitars going in at the same time. Um, he's alternating between an E minor chord and a D major chord or a one to seven chord if we're in natural minor. So if we're in E natural minor, that's it's a one to seven. Then at the end of the verse, he plays an F sharp minor chord which isn't technically in the key. Um, in E minor, the F sharp chord would be a diminished chord. So he's actually borrowing this from B minor. So the verse is one, seven, five of five. Um, had he played it as a diminished chord instead of a minor. So we're doing. 
uh, had he played that diminished like that, uh, it would have sounded very much like a George Harrison chord progression um, with the F sharp diminished to E minor. Um, so it's a cool little hook to do that five of five when you're in a minor key. Um, but it also would have been cool as a diminished chord. Anyway, for the chorus, Paul shifts to a major tonality, if only for a moment. Uh, and where many songwriters would go to G because it's the relative major to E minor. So in E minor, E minor and G major share the same key signature. But instead, Paul shifts to B major, which is the five of the harmonic major. So relative major means they share the same key signature. Harmonic major means they um, they share the same notes. Um, so like E minor and E major all have E, F, G, A, B, C, D, E, but they have different accidentals in the middle. So like E major has a G sharp where E minor doesn't. So har uh, harmonic minor, a five of the harmonic minor would be the B, and that's where he uh, ends up going. And that sounds more complicated than it is. Basically, his shift in the chorus behaves as if the rest of the song were actually in E major. Um, it's not totally far out chord change, but it is a cool move and definitely grabs the listener because we've been kind of set in this. And then we get to that B and it kind of opens up the chorus. Only mama knows where she laid me down in this godforsaken town. She was running to what she ran from, who I always wondered. I never knew. And there he ends on an E minor 7. Which leads you to believe that he's taking it somewhere else. And he just lets it hang. And then, you know, leaving it hanging like that. Kind of feels like a shit in on A minor, but he just keeps it hanging. And then goes back to E minor uh, with the normal verse. So it's kind of a cool trick he opens up the harmony by going into that b major and then to get out of it kind of leads your ear to believe that maybe he's modulating to a different key and he never does overall i think this is a really cool tune um on one of mccartney's strongest solo albums definitely one of my favorites of, of you know the, the more recent years the last 20 years or so uh, and when this album came out i played it to death but it'll be interesting to do a full episode on it and see how I think it holds up after a few years. You know, I went from playing it a lot when it first came out to occasionally to now I just pick out my favorite songs from it. So it'll be interesting to do a full episode on this one. Um, if you like this episode, make sure you're following. Thank you to everyone who is following. Thank you to everyone who is contributing $4 a month to keep this podcast ad free and to keep it um, in production. That helps a ton. And um, if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do it at Kinks and Beats on Twitter, Kinks and Beats, um, the Facebook group. You can email me, kinksandbeats at herohabit.com. And all the information about this podcast can be found at herohabit.com. All right. Thank you for listening. I will talk to you guys next time. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com, 
Collect Your Heroes.